Hello again, and happy Friday to you. This is another bonus episode of the Friend of God podcast. The messages here are still from Friendship Baptist Church located in Sturgis, Mississippi, but they are from evening and special services throughout the year. You will hear mostly from Pastor Jeremy, but you'll also be hearing from other staff members and guests from time to time. Without any further delay, let's go right to the message. Enjoy. Thanks for joining us again for a time of studying God's Word. We will be in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16 through 21. 2 Peter 1, 16 through 21, and we'll be looking at eyewitnesses. When you and I know that someone is an eyewitness to something, that means that they have a first-hand account for the happenings or occurrences that went on. So an eyewitness adds credibility. An eyewitness adds validity to the situation. An eyewitness can give an account that you nor I can ever uh, be able to identify with other than we trust that their account is true. An eyewitness gives that validity, but also uh, they begin to tell a story that many can't. In this passage in verse 16, as we see this unfold, Simon Peter addressing all of these people, uh, we see he is telling about the coming of Jesus, but also the power of Jesus, the coming of Jesus. We affirm and support the understanding that Jesus came. He was physically human, but spiritually very much God, so he was remaining connected in that, but he was a sacrifice that provided a way for all mankind. For whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That that way we affirm. So there was an eyewitness to the fact that he did live, that he did get condemned to die, that he was beaten and scourged for our transgressions, that he carried a cross that he was crucified, nails through his hands and his feet, that, that as he gave up on the cross, that sin purchase debt that was given to us was conquered once and for all, that he in fact arose three days later and that he lives forevermore, that he has ascended into heaven and ascending into heaven, he is preparing a place for us in the future for all who choose to believe in him. But for disciples, for those who follow Christ, we have a a purpose to tell his story. So we become witnesses for him. But these were eyewitnesses. They saw all of what happened. They were those who encountered in a first-person sense uh, what happened to Jesus, how things played out, and to the reality of what he did for us. Uh, So in verse 16, it says, For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. They saw Jesus face to face, talked with him, but were witnesses to the sacrifice that he made for all mankind. Those that were condemning him, those that followed him, those today who are skeptical, 
who, who look at every little thing and try to figure out the validity and the hope that we have as Christians, those who sin and, and, and are looking all over the world for a hope that is found in Him, all those who are to come and those who even live before us, He died for us. And Simon Peter's bringing that into focus, that eyewitness account. So verse 16 draws us into the understanding that that his power and his coming actually happened and actually exist. But there's an honor and glory that comes part of this. Verse 17 says, For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son with whom I am pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. So there's, there's a confirmation of those who follow Jesus that, that God the Father anointed him, gave him the, the time as he was here, set forth a purpose and a goal in his life that he would be the sacrifice for all mankind. Now we learn from what Jesus did is that Jesus often retreated to a time of prayer to be filled with the Spirit, but also to know what the Father's plan was, accepting that sacrifice and, and, and the will of God. You and I must spend time in prayer. Um, learning from God, seeking after God and His plan for our lives, and allowing for Him to fill us up that we might be able to proclaim His name in the world. The honor and the glory was from God. God was evident in His life. And so if you and I are to be witnesses for Christ in our lives, then we've got to spend time with Him so that His anointing, His righteousness is evident in how we leave how we pursue, how we share, and where we go and engage our life in. So there was a response by those eyewitnesses. And I believe there needs to be a response in our lives. And so verse 19 says this, So we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention, a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. The prophetic word made true in our hearts. So the light and the darkness, thinking of the imagery behind light and the darkness, we're in a very dark world. We're in a world that is morally, ethically, impure in the way that it has sought to find a relative truth to what mankind's problem is. Biblically, we say that the Bible is the truth, that, that he in fact is that way, that truth, that nothing in this world is comparable of. And so we seek him in our hearts. We know that as Christian believers, who affirm the teachings of God's word that have been redeemed in him, that we too are light in a dark place and we are meant to draw others to the light. 
and that light being Jesus Christ. Verse, verse 20 brings into the understanding that the Bible says what it's meant to say. Oftentimes, many people come and say, well, 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 Pastor, I don't know what to say. How do I bring the words to those around me? How do I speak the word of truth with love? How do I do all of those things? Well, we've got to understand the word of God says what it means to say. Now, it's written for a particular audience during that particular time. However, it has so many connotations for us today in our current culture. So we begin with the knowledge of what it meant for them, but we go with the knowledge of what it means for us. So we're not adding to it. We're allowing for it to be illuminated within our lives too. And so we don't need to bring our own interpretation. We don't need to add to it. It all points to the Holy Spirit. It all points back to God. Verse 20 says, but know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. We don't need to add to, take away, put in anything that we think needs to be there. We don't need to gravitate toward adding culture to it to make it applicable. We need the Word of God to say what the Word of God says to a world that is dead and dying. To the darkness around us, the only light is the Word of God and the power of God within those who are believers, disciples, followers of Him, is how those lights go out into the world. We see that evident in this passage. So our response is that verse 21 says, For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but man moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. It all begins, it all ends with God. Everything that we do and engage in as a church, as a body of believers, as a community, and even online, yes, at this time, those things need to point back to the Holy Spirit, point back to God in our lives. So that draws us to ask a couple of questions, a couple of ways to make this, I guess, connect in our lives this day. The power and the coming of Jesus changed our trajectory drastically. How so did it change your trajectory, your life? How did it forever change you? Now, so this morning, we, we understand that when we encounter Jesus in a real way in our lives, that we can't turn away from it. We come to him and we confess our sinfulness in our lives. And it's in the coming to him that we find forgiveness. We find hope as we repent or turn away from our our practices that we were involved in, our sin, our shortcomings, and all of those things, He is eager and willing to forgive. But we have to come to Him to understand that His power, His might, His salvation, His coming that we read about, that the eyewitnesses confess of, that we as witnesses talk of today, completely changed our life plan in such the most perfect way. Uh, the beautiful mess that we had 
God did extraordinarily great things with that. So it's in the coming to him that it changes our entire life. We begin to say, what's God's will and what would he have me to do to bring glory to him? How can I be a conduit for the Holy Spirit to reach my family and friends and neighbors and people I don't even know? How can I give and go and be involved in his mission in this world? Not should I, but how can I? Not will I, but I have to, being compelled by the Holy Spirit and the power of God within me, I am mandated, commanded to go there for. So I must understand that in my life, this changes everything. This truth changes everything. So first, that is it. Secondly, how are we to testify concerning Jesus' claim of being God's son? There are so many people, knowledgeable and intelligent people in this world, that will say that Jesus did in fact live, and they will affirm that he was in human form. But there are so many that discount the fact that he was a savior sent by God Almighty for the redemption of mankind. And I will tell you, the way that we speak truth, the way that we live and testify in our own lives gives an account of the validity of Christ for those around us. In other words, as we are disciples, intentional, secure in our faith, passionate about what we believe, we are meant to be witnesses to the uttermost parts of the world. That means to anyone, anywhere, anytime. For you, that might look like you're sharing your faith with the waitress who brings you lunch. You might be sharing your faith with somebody in your family that you know if something were to happen to, they wouldn't know Christ. Maybe it's sharing with a coworker, a friend. Maybe it's in fact sharing with a complete uh, stranger during such a time as this. Maybe you're finding different avenues because we're online to share it with friends in a different way than you ever had before. The important thing is that you are imitating Christ, filled with the Holy Spirit in what you're doing. That it's not a pat on the back for you, it is a let's point to God, let's respond to God, let's bring everything to Him as He leads our lives. We are testifying that Jesus is God's Son because we affirm and believe that, that as the Scripture testifies to, that that it was the power of God, the Spirit of God that set him on his path, that set his path into motion on this earth, that his mission was to live and to draw others to him. So he dined and met with people that many of us might say, well, that kind of is, is a little sketchy, but he, he dined with them because he wanted them to know God's love. He wanted them to have a chance to repent and turn to him. He wanted them to have that forgiveness and it changed their lives forever and it can change your life forever as well. So the testimony of Christ is that he did in fact come sent by God, very much human, dealing with same sort of hurts, hangups, and habits that we deal with, but never sent in the sense of he was almighty, God almighty with us. 
He was God's son and paid a sacrifice that no one ever could pay in his death, burial, and resurrection. So you have a unique opportunity in Christ to have salvation that lasts. This is the message to the world. So what should be our response? Our response should be that we hide this truth in our hearts, yes, that we understand with every bit of assurance that Christ is who he said he was, that he did, in fact, do all of these things, but he did them because he loved you and he loved me. And that he is a living God, so he has never, ever left you, never, ever left me, never will. And so he... He is there for us, and we put this truth into our heart at our time of salvation. But we must understand as well, it does not require our interpretation. It says all that it needs to say. Now, God's word was written down by man, but it was God-inspired. God breathed. In other words, this was... God speaking into the lives of those in the biblical world, but also right here and now to you today. It is very much God said all that he needed to say. In our lives, we have to ask a, a bigger question, an overarching question. Does all that we do point to the Holy Spirit and therefore point to God in our lives? Are we witnesses for him? I love the illustration given not too long ago. Someone said, in fact, if you're thinking about the court of law and you're thinking about a court case, is there enough to convict you of being a Christian? Is there enough to convict you of being a Christ follower? Or is there evidence that is so lacking or no evidence at all? that you follow Christ. And we live in a world right now where skepticism is at an all-time high. That we live in a world also that relativism, meaning that everybody's values, everybody's views on right and wrong are designated to that person, to that person, to that person. And so in this idea of relativism, they say that there's no absolute truth. We do not affirm that. We believe that the Word of God is the absolute truth, and God Almighty governs and guides our decisions. He is intrinsically different than the world around us. He transforms lives that many of us would say they're too far gone, and many of you might say I'm too far gone. It's not in what we do. It's because of what God did through Jesus Christ that gives us the hope of salvation. So the morals and values, the pluralistic society, and so many people are more politically charged than ever before. We need to be engaging in and being witnesses to all that God has done in our lives, pointing to the eyewitnesses of the Bible being witnesses ourselves to the truth and the testimony that's in our hearts and lives. What we know is true and dear in us 
can also be true and dear in others as we testify to the truth of who Jesus was, that he died for all, once and for all, for all mankind, and that as believers in Christ, we are to go therefore. We are to tell of his mercy and grace. We are to afford forgiveness to the most sinful of person, the one who believes that they are so unworthy that has so many hurts, hangs up, and habits that they couldn't possibly find a road back. Jesus said, it's not about what you're doing, it's about what I'm doing. As Jesus said, he loves us as he laid down his life for us. No one's ever done that. No one ever will do what Jesus did. This evening, I'm going to ask you, do you know Jesus? Are you a witness for him? And I don't mean just telling others you come to church or you attend a religious gathering once or twice a year. I mean a 365, 24-7, in all that we do, it is meant to draw others to him, to find repentance and to have that understanding. There's an example given of, of communication. And it goes like this. It says, On the day Major Gordon Cooper orbited the Earth for the 22nd time, his wife Trudy set her alarm clock at 4.30 a.m. She reports that she awoke at 4 o'clock and immediately turned on the television, only to hear the announcer say that Gordon had just awakened. Though literally worlds apart and without any visible means of communication, the affinity between husband and wife, their concern and love were so strong, they awakened at almost precisely the same time. This is the miracle of the Spirit. Something even more startling happened around 33 AD, soon after Jesus had ascended. While on earth, he had admonished his disciples to, to tarry in Jerusalem until they received power. Half frightened, half dubious, half believing, they remained. And behold, as they were together in one place, a sound came from heaven like the rush of a mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, according to Acts 2. 2. So we pray that the Holy Spirit fills you today, first through your acknowledgement as Lord and Savior of Jesus Christ, but also as believers in Christ, we have the helper, the Holy Spirit that is within us that gives us the ability and the understanding to go therefore. It's my prayer today as we pray that you respond to God's word wherever you are this day. Let's, let's pray. Father God, we come this time. God, we just come. God, we seek you and you first. God, I know there's many that might be watching right now, God, that just, they're looking for a way to respond. Father God, you are right there with them in their midst. You are right there where they're gathering next to their desk, next to their phone, wherever they are, with friends, wherever. God, and you are willing to meet them where they are. Father God, it's not when we get everything in order. It's not when we... Do, the, do or say the right things is in the coming as we come to you, seeking our salvation from you and you alone. 
seeking our forgiveness through repentance in you and you alone. And we live in a world where we search the world over for truth, but God, you are that truth. God, you provided a way where there was no way through Jesus Christ, and we affirm that. And we know too, as disciples, followers of you, that we live within the power of the Holy Spirit who can conquer any sin. Father, you are a living God. You are merciful and grace-filled. And God, you afford even the darkest of sinner light and hope. Father God, I pray that as disciples, as followers of you, we count the cost that you paid and we live in a manner worthy of your gospel, worthy of this Holy Spirit, understanding we are never truly alone when you are with us. It's by your spirit and power that we do all things and all things are possible. So God, the God of the impossible, God, I pray that you find our hearts and minds as we meditate on you and seek your kingdom first for your glory, for your name's sake. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Friday bonus episode of the Friend of God podcast. We know that your time is the most valuable commodity that you possess, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash fbcms. Both links can be found in the show notes below. If you would leave a rating or review of our new podcast, we would be very appreciative. And if you would go as far as to share it with others, we would be eternally grateful. We pray that you have a God-filled weekend, and remember, love God, love people, and reach the world.